0: hello grace and peace we're taking anarchy to church here in the anarchist bible study i'm josh aka iowan cap
1: and i'm patrick aka leader of the studebaker dynasty first of his name in christ walker in the shadows watcher of movies of the grade b and geek by birth and by way of life wow
0: i feel like i should be like bowing before you right now (laughs) like it's very very royalty i am
1: just a man as you no one bows to anybody but to God.
0: Uh, yes. You well, almost got you us know. killed.
1: You almost got us killed. Luckily <laughs> I saved us. I interceded for us. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. It's true. Well, we're back again. Uh, Patrick and I doing another episode without Jeff, because Jeff is all like, uh, I'm going to go to uh, Timbuktu or something, wherever he is. I'm sure something like that, Hawaii, something, I don't know, you know, those wealthy political consultants, you know, (laughs) how, how they do.
1: (laughs) I think Uh, for Canada, Hawaii is just like Washington state.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, um, but, uh, we are back and we're doing another, we're doing a bonus episode together. Um, if you missed it, we also, yesterday did an episode episode 50 I really should just learn the numbers. Um <laughs> 50 58, Episode 58 we did 58 where we talked about Gideon and uh and judges um we 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 zoomed over judges 6 through 8 which was uh, remarkable and of course we did a preambling this week, preambling I believe it's 11. We talked about means of grace. Um, Uriel's revenge and, um, and other things as we do. So make sure you check out those if you missed them. Um, but today we're, uh, for our bonus episode for our .5, 58.5, um, Patrick wants to talk about faith family legacies. And, uh, maybe, maybe set us up. What are, what are you talking about there? Well,
1: like, uh, like any good, uh, uh, podcaster, I want to, uh, extol my uh, application to everybody without the semblance of any sort of uh history or any, any, any uh, uh, uh enter into my life, uh, of, of what has gone through. So, uh, what, what I've kind of thought would be interesting is in our discussion, um, we come from uh, uh, kind of different backgrounds, uh, where I come from. One that uh, my entire family uh, for a good number of generations was Catholic. Uh, the Lord saw fit to, to save me out of that. And so I am the first of his name in Christ for, for, mm. for my generation. And uh, I know God exists because I'm married. Uh, I don't know how that happened other than, uh, other than that. And so, uh, so, so after that, uh, I've, I've got two kids. And now, uh, from what I'm told, I'm in charge of them and am responsible for them and not just for them, but also for succeeding generations from me, Mm -hmm. maybe up to a thousand generations. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I, I'm, I'm sometimes need reminding to brush my teeth. And so I thought, uh, I thought I could come from what I've understood from my study of scripture offer advice or, uh, to, to, to try and, to try and hit it out of the park to, to, to actually create a dynasty, uh, with, with, uh, uh, Christ as our, 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 you know, King, uh, and, and go, not just from, uh, my children's generation of, of leading them in the Lord, but looking, looking to shoot the arrow far. And, and, mm. and I'm okay if I'm dead, buried and forgotten about, but the, the succession of faith uh, that uh, I pray mm-hmm. is continued in my family, which uh, uh, I think that's where um, our understanding for maybe a, a Baptist Presbyterian, uh, a good, good war battle would, would come into play. Uh, but we're going to go away from that. And, uh, and so uh, I thought it'd be interesting from your perspective, which is quite different than, than, than mine. And we can kind of uh, tr- try and hit at least the third or fourth generation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, cuz I'm um, I'm I am actually um I don't know which generation. I there's there's been some generational faithfulness. Um not always generational doctrinal clarity, like um it turns out my my grandfather was into some odd theology at the end of his life. Um <clears throat> but my my uh my father was a believer. Um he was not only my father but also my youth leader. He was the volunteer youth director at my church. Um, and I, I've sometimes spoken about him um, that, you know, what I'm so grateful about, I learned everything I know about youth ministry, not from the books that they tried to make me read, not from the classes they tried to teach me, but from my father, where he would weekly, we would get together, or not weekly, it was every other week, my, my youth group, we would get together, we would have some snacks, we would talk for a little while, just kind of ch- chat with each other. And then my dad, he, he clearly had a time of the night where he was like, we're going to go to the word now because he would look up at the clock and he'd say, all right, everyone open your Bibles and turn to this passage, whatever passage. And, uh, we would go through that passage. That's what he would do. He would teach the passage and he would bring, um, good applications. But for the most part, he was just teaching the word. And, uh, I learned a lot from just simply that, and and uh and also like throughout my life he he very clearly everywhere we went every conversation we had every topic we talked about the question he kept bringing back is well what does the word say about that and um i i uh i am not the first generation i am very pleased with the fact that i am at the very least a second generation um bible lover um now do he and I agree on everything? No, there's a few things we don't agree on. Um, but those things that we don't agree on, pale in comparison to the great gift that he has been to me in, in uh example of faith and um of godliness. And so, you know, very pleased with my faith legacy family legacy. Um, but it does in some ways also leave a lot of uh leaves a high bar. You know, like in some ways, because you're, you're kind of striking out on your own. Like, yeah, you see to talk about how, like, it means you're, you're trying, you're trying to figure things out from scratch some places, but also like, you know, you, you don't have a legacy to live up to, too, you know? Um, <laughs> and so there's, there's something to that as well. Um, but we definitely want to be legacy builders. We want to see our, like from just a purely selfish perspective as a father who loves his children i want to see them come to the faith and love of the lord jesus christ right and uh and so that's the content of my prayer and i and i work uh and also the content of a lot of our conversations my wife and i we're, we're constantly reading books and talking about how can we do better and um because whether you're a first generation or a 40th generation, you, we all, that's what we want. We want to see our children and our grandchildren walk with the Lord. You no,
1: know? Right. Yeah. So, um, I, I kind of titled this as a, a call to be a kingdom builder. And we understand that it's not just, um, the, the kingdom of God encompasses the entirety of existence creation uh, mm-hmm. and it goes not to just the church but to kingdoms and countries and also to our families so um, the the kingdom of God is found within me uh, I then conform my life to a sanctification process so that my heart gets me as close to Jesus's heart as I can get on this side of heaven uh, where I I do it not because I'm I'm uh, earning my salvation, but because it has been earned by Christ and right. in love, in, in gratitude, uh, I, am, I am matching to be what my, my father is being. And so yeah. to expand that, then I want to, to do what the apostles did and be able to say to my kid, kids in my family, which is a kingdom, look unto me and be like me and do what I do or yeah. at the very least where are the times where I can point to and say, don't be like me. Uh, and, yeah. and, and as, as equally, uh, well, uh, I'm, I'm not here to write scripture. So, um, I, I, th- I think I have the ability to, to point to my, to my negatives as well. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but, but we also do yeah. that in, in our church. We do that. Um, you know, uh, for, for, for all, all the, all the great things that the state has given us, um, that idea of expanding the the empire, expanding the countries, expanding the border has been linked uh, for for God's glory uh, ultimately um, to to expand uh, his kingdom among uh, the Native Americans, the first Nations, uh, just different people groups uh, because we see them made in the image of God and one of the things that I like in our church um, our our church is it's kind of known as the big church. We're not, we're not a mega church by, by any means. We just have a lot of uh, classrooms and our cornerstone is in the middle of our church hmm. because we've expanded out upon that. And uh, I've, I've enjoyed walking past that now uh, as, as I'm looking more into this, as, as I'm, as I'm seeing, we took, we took this small building and we expanded it out because we grew, we We were faithful, Um, you know. It's it's not a it's not a we 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 cause more government land uh, to be untaxed. Although that's that's a a a a uh, fourthiary benefit, Um, but that's that's what we're called to be as a local church, and that's what we're called ultimately to to be in the kingdom of God uh, as as his servants. And so, Mm -hmm. uh, of of course, I get that. Now, this may shock you. But I, I get a lot of this from G.K. Beale, and and God dwells among us. Or if you want to be the super awesome person, the Temple and the Church Mission book.
0: What?
1: Yeah. Uh, Who's this? That's a G and a K.
0: G.K. Beale. I'm uh, I'm unaware of this G.K. Yeah. Beale fellow. Um, yeah. We rarely <laughs> deal with his work ourselves. <laughs>
1: If people think the Jesuits have a conspiracy, I think GK Beal probably has a conspiracy between our two podcasts for how many times we mentioned his name.
0: <laughs> you could, yeah. GK Beal shot. Um,
1: we... But it's this, it's this idea though of yeah. of God created the world for his glory. And yeah. uh, in, in on, on my show, Caves of the Cross Apologetics, we're, we're, we're attempting to find a, a faithful theodicy uh we're reading scott christian's book um um what about evil uh where we're trying mm-hmm. where, where his his posit is that even in evil that's is exactly where god is glorified so the the world has evil so that god can show his creation uh different aspects that would not be available to us if evil weren't present and so uh mm-hmm. that that uh thinking process has continued this this very impactful book. This reading again, uh, uh, um, my, my brain. I think uh, I I only know my brain uh, for for us good uh, uh, philosophy nerds. Uh, th- that's uh, that's uh, that rings well with us. I know that my brain exists, and I I read Beale's book about the the topology of the garden, and it, it I mean it blew my brain. It, I felt the synapses forming, as I said last week, um, of of just how. Tied together scripture was on mm. God sets up the garden, puts yeah. his people in there and says, go conquer the world, expand it. He takes the tent and he says, go conquer the people, bring them in into uh, the, the tent. Mm-hmm. He works it out in the temple. It's ultimately uh, seen in the glory and, and incarnation of Jesus Christ. It's carried on as a command in the great commission uh, t- to his church and will ultimately be uh, finally fulfilled in the end. And those two books, um, the temple and church mission, and also um, God dwells among us, which is the made for me version before I open up the greater one. Um, mm-hmm. That uh, shows uh, the, the consistent narrative uh, throughout scripture uh, of that. And that's really been, a driving force over the past couple of years for me, especially as I um, lead my family and uh, and it's not just a call to the church it's a call to me personally and it's not just for a future date um, the, the one of the ministries I work for is uh, I, 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 I take a, a lot of uh, questions about end times and and various different prophecies and and, and stuff along those lines and You've never, you've never, I don't think you've ever met a hopeful, a hopeful prophecy turn. It's, it's doom and gloom. It's that the world's going to end soon. Is this person the Antichrist? Is this person the Antichrist? Is this the mark of the beast? Uh, you know, you, you, you've sinned because you believe that God could save people if they took the mark of the beast. Therefore, anyone who's ever studied under this preacher is, is a heretic and, and is damned to hell because that's exactly what Paul said or something along those lines, but just Mm -hmm. the dour nature of, of the questions. I I just go, where where is your hope? Is your hope in, in the next, is is it, if, if the temple, if, if the dome of the rock got destroyed tomorrow, would that lead you to more rejoicing than the salvation of, 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 uh, of the high school uh, of, of entire class of high school kids, which one would give you greater joy. And I'm kind of uh, it's, not them sick. Uh, I'm. I don't want to feel along those lines and, and and look towards a pessimistic outpouring for my children. I'm a pessimist by 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 birth. Uh, you know, if the world doesn't blow up, then I've succeeded in my 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 realism. So that's how I structure my life. And so I I want to, um, as I have kids, I, I don't have the luxury of being pessimistic. Um, you know, I shouldn't have had kids if, if that's where I want to go. Uh, but I want them to, uh, be in a world where, um, they have the proper, um, tools to them where they can see God in the, the way that I'm called to teach them the, the way that the Bible has consistently put us as parents, um, at the forefront of leading the next generation of leading specifically those that God gave us and to do it in a way where the choices that I make, even though I'm, you know, I, 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 I've, I'm, I'm I'm Melchizedek there, there's no family behind me. Uh, It's unknown. Um, (laughs) and, uh, and, and I want to, uh, I, I, I would, I would like, um, to lead in such a way that the kingdom is expanded, uh, from the garden that he's planted within my life and, and go from there. So that's one of the things that I thought might be an interesting bonus episode.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, I think, um, you're laying out a bunch of, um, you know, GK Beal, which I will never disagree with GK Beal, um, for fear that I'd be wrong. Um, (laughs) But you know like that that is true like i think um this connects a little bit to our means of grace conversation um in our in our is, is that mm-hmm. there are tools that the lord has given us for the purpose of being kingdom builders in our in our family and in our world and um uh, but but there's also other things that like there's an extent to which i have to admit My time is limited with people from outside my family in a way that I am not limited with my own children. Um, and we should probably also add like, even though our focus is probably going to be on, on family, our children. Um, obviously our wives are part of this too, is, uh, Mm -hmm. doing stepship with our wives is is an important part of this. Um, but there are like tools that we have, um, that the church has developed over the years, um, for use in raising up family legacies that, um, often will go completely unused by Christian families. Um, sometimes out of suspicion, um, sometimes out of, uh, this misguided idea that we don't have enough time or that like, uh, you know, my, my, my better use of time over here, over there. Um, but, but there are certain tools that I think are, are useful in developing our faith family story and, and, uh, developing a story of, of fellow, of, uh, faithfulness among our children. Um, but I think the first step is honestly looking to a more generational view of your life. Like, I think that's something that just that to start, like just the very question of how are we going to raise up a future generation? And the minute we start looking beyond ourselves, we are doing something kind of radical for our modern world. Um, you know, we live in a world that is so instantaneous and me, me, me. Even the way they have children, right? We have children because that's another experience I need to have is, is being a mommy. I've done everything else, I've traveled. I've uh, gone out partying. Well, now I need to have the experience of being a mommy or being a daddy. Um, But, but the goal is not to leave a legacy, but to just kind of, I want this experience. And, um, and I think the first step is to start thinking like, you know, the, the most important thing that I am, or the thing that I'm aiming at is not for my children alone to be faithful. But I am looking for grandchildren to be faithful. I'm looking to the third and fourth generations. Um, and I think that's a first step, right? It's an important first step. And I think that's an important first step for churches to take too. Like, unfortunately, churches aren't always family oriented. A lot of times this is something that Vodi Baucom brings up a lot is like the place where the family is most divided is sometimes on Sunday morning. We show up and we all go to our different rooms and our different areas, and and we don't worship together as a family. Um, so I'm going to come back to that topic, um, when, <laughs> we're not at the end. But yeah, so um, so what are some of the tools that we have in developing this kind of faith family story? Like, what what kind of tools do you look to use uh, with your family?
1: Yeah, um, so I've I've kind of. Got maybe about four or five different ones that i've um ruminated on i don't know if these are the best i don't know if these work out for everybody but uh but i've rooted them uh in scripture not just as in proof text but in in that uh that overarching um uh picture from god's perspective and so uh with the first one um looking at genesis looking at the garden uh, and looking at the fall, and seeing uh, Adam hiding himself in nakedness away from God, who's calling out to him. And so th- this is this is a a concealment. This is um, uh, you know th- th- this is a uh, I- I've 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 I'm coming and I'm I'm seeing myself in a way where I. Uh, feel a certain way. And this is Adam. I'm not, I'm not applying this to me um, where, where Adam is is saying, um, Oh, I'm naked. Therefore I should feel ashamed. Who made that body? Who, who, who's the one that, that has walked with you. There's, there's nothing that you've done other than your sin. There's, there's no, there's no, um, there's no change of clothing that you've done that Mm. the day before wasn't also naked. And so, this ability to walk with the father, even in our sin is, is what we should desire. It, it's what it, you know, I, I'm not there to, to say that, uh, what Adam should have done or what should have happened, but at the very least, if, if he would have sinned, he should have run to the father. And so I see that as the father child relationship. Now mm. I, I could get a stone off YouTube and say, walk naked with your children, but I will just say, Walk openly with your children. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think this is, this is one of those things where I'm, I'm very open and honest with my children about, about the length and breadth of my knowledge. So much mm. so that where I will say that, you know, dead Dad, Dad leads a, a lot of a big books that he won't be able to explain to you at this time, but we can we can walk through. And, and go hand in hand and learn a catechism that I've I've never I've never read before so right now uh, um, what my family has done and uh, Brent Bosserman um, who has written a uh, amazing, amazing um, uh, book on uh, uh, the, the Trinity and and the necessity for that he was on a podcast where he said just sing the catechisms with your kids to, uh, to take a chapter through the Bible and go through it and talk about it And so Mm. I, I, I really took that to heart and said, it's not enough just to read the Bible, but it's, and, and, and my kids are, 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 uh, younger, but we'll take so many verses, 10, 12, however long we'll keep their fancy and we'll ask questions from it. And if there's a part where I don't know, I'm very quick to say, I will have to look into that and I will have to figure what that means. Or this is where I've struggled with in the past of this application so that it's not, I'm rubbing my sin into their face. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not reveling it. Oh, you know, uh, this wasn't me. Cause uh, I was a big old nerd and still remain, but it wasn't, Oh, you know, dad did drugs way back when. And, and he's, he's just remembering the good old days really, but but that was sin. It, it, it was fun, but not anymore. No, I, I want to be open with them that I'm I'm not a perfect person, which clearly because they live with me all the time, they can see. But I'm 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 open and honest in that relationship so that when they sin, when they struggle, when they don't know, it's okay for them to meet as a family, to come together, to, to, to walk with each other. And we'll find the answer. We'll figure it out. We'll find a different way of addressing uh mm-hmm. her sister taking her stuff uh, th- th- there there's there's a way to understand um god's truth if if we come together and we we do it um as as a family unit so that way hopefully when they grow up have children lord willing um that they can then take that open and honest communication that's still couched in a uh father child relationship aspect, mm-hmm. uh, but where, where it's being led, like how God led Adam um, in the garden.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. I like that, that openness of the openness of um, so much of like um, Paul's letters, you know, where he's talking to to Timothy into the Ephesians. Like, it's not just, you remember my teaching, but you remember my cons, my conduct when I was walking with you and that's one of the, that can be either one of our greatest weapons or our greatest, uh, failures is the way we match our conduct to our teaching with our children. Like there are many people who, who will say, yeah, I grew up in a Christian family, but my father was a jerk, a drunk, uh, this or that. And, um, so I learned that Christianity is just for hypocrites. Um, or <clears throat> there are also people who like myself, I look back on my, the way my father raised me and I can say, you know, I, I am blessed and I, that I know what godliness looks like because of my father. And it wasn't because he was a perfect person. Like um uh, spoiler alert. There aren't any of those. Um, <laughs> right. Well, there is one he's right now standing at the right hand of the throne. Um, but <laughs> he's this the one that kicked us out of the garden. <laughs> yeah. This side of eternity there aren't any perfect people but in many ways one of the things that we can do to show our children um a good example is to uh, repent when we fall short you know to be the father who is quick to apologize yeah. and to say right. i overreacted or i was being inconsistent or you're right it wasn't fair the way i treated you and your brother Um, differently in that situation and, and to, to quickly look from their perspective and and be willing to apologize to, to, yeah, to, to be transparent a little bit with them. And, and, and even to be transparent about our struggles sometimes to be like, Hey buddy, you're struggling with your faith. You know, sometimes I struggle with my faith. Um, we should pray for each other that, that we can, um, have stronger faith and, and look to encourage each other. And, um, you know, sometimes people think also too much in a top down manner that I'm supposed to be the authority all the way over my child. But, some, you know, the goal is actually for us to be brothers in Christ.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I, I blew my six year old's mind when I said, uh, you know, if 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 you come to faith with I'm. We, we've had this discussion over over the year before, uh, but uh, if, if she does come to faith, let's assume that it hasn't happened. But I think it has here and there. there uh, we are still father and daughter but yeah. we are also brothers and sisters. And yeah. it was like,
0: what really? Yeah. yeah. Blue mind. And yeah. that's, um, but it's important. Yeah. Like, I think I like that. I also like, um, you had said something that I want to come back to because uh, it could be taken the wrong way of like, it's not just enough to read the Bible with them to to do catechisms. And of course that someone's going to hear that and be like, but I thought you said scripture is sufficient. So we should probably be clear about what we mean by that, by like going to catechisms and not just reading scripture with our children. Right. So yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, 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 it's doing church with them in the confines of your home. It's, it's expanding upon. It's 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 systematically talking about who God is, who we are, what our relationship is, who Jesus is, all these things. And, and, and th- 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 this show has helped as well. I, I, I want to sing the praises of anarchist Bible study for being anarchist. Uh, you've really put a lot of things in order and I don't appreciate that.
0: Uh. <laughs> Not enough chaos. I get it.
1: <laughs> but, uh, but it's, it's, it's there to, to guide us on, on things. And when, when we come up with disagreements with whatever catechism we are, or we don't think it, uh, uh, uh focuses enough on a certain aspect uh that's that's a point of discussion that's a point where we can open God's word and say this is what we see and uh we can talk about it and obviously with my 6-year-old we're only going to get so much but at the same time uh, th- there are times and again I'm trying not to 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 do this as a as a humble brag but uh a, a random question submitted to my wife from a 6-year-old was why do you think God allowed the coronavirus? Just, you know, one of those questions out of the blue, two and a half years later, and, and she thought about it for a half a second and goes, huh, I bet you it's probably to bring God glory and for people to know him. And I'm just like, did my kid just Roman nines me? Like, w- we, we blew it off because we were in the middle of like a, a, doing a project. And she's like, oh yeah, r- just Romans nine. V- vessels of wrath and destruction are, are really is that is that what we're doing okay all right and so it's like now we got to stop now we got to praise now we got to yeah. we got to turn to romans 9 and it's just yeah. it's it's those like really cool moments where um it, it, yeah it's 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 uh the, that's the legacy that that's yeah that's what you that's what we should encourage and and uh, yeah it's it's reading the bible to to inform my my children who God is so that they can inform their friends mm-hmm. so they can inform the, 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 the family members around us. And um, the, the, when, when we're not there, um, th- they know when things are wrong and they shouldn't be where they're at or what they should be doing, or they can t- take correction well and, um, and, and ultimately pass, hopefully pass those same, um walkthroughs uh with their children seeing the importance of scripture seeing how it relates not just as a dry dead faith where you read the bible for a chapter it's done but we wrestle with it we talk about it we we say man i have no clue what god's doing or this is really hard for dad to do and and just having that um that wrestling with
0: with scripture and with,
1: with catechisms
0: uh yeah yeah absolutely um i'm trying to look up okay talking about talking about god episode 47.5 um of this of of the anarchist bible study we talked about um the subject of theology and uh, i'm drawing on a little bit on our conversation then The real, the big reason why I see the big benefit I see for catechisms and confessions and even creeds um, for the church is this issue that we keep bringing up again and again on the show, which is not just sola scriptura, but tota scriptura. We need to bring every scripture to bear that deals with a certain topic. So, what can we do with that? What we can do with that with our kids is we can try and bring every scripture that deals with every topic. And set it in front of our kids and work with them one at a time. And, and they're not, that's just so out of their depth at their age. They're not going to be able to do that. Um, but catechisms and confessions, what they're great about is they're about doing that Tota Scriptura issue. That they're bringing the, all of scripture together on a certain topic and bringing kind of a, a short, simple, pithy way of understanding. What does the Bible say about who is God? You know, or what is God? God is a spirit, you know, and, um, does not have a body like men. This is the catechism that we use, we use the, uh, um, catechism based on the, what the children's catechism based on the Westminster Shorter. <clears throat> and, and so then what's great. And then, but then a lot of people will like come back and be like, push back and be like, yeah, but they're just memorizing questions and answers. This isn't going to really lead to any kind of growth in that way. But, but the truth is. Um, the only people who I ever hear saying that are the people who haven't tried it. Very like, true. Yeah. Yeah. The people who've actually done it, like what I've something fantastic that we've been seeing is my oldest son has begun, including his catechisms in his prayers. So he started like, he started ending his prayers. Um, I praise the name of Jesus, uh, the, the Lord Jesus Christ represent who represented us in the covenant of grace. Amen. And I'm like, wow, buddy, way to go. <laughs> and yeah. he's doing, and it's, and it's so great seeing that, that sort of him, him kind of putting together things with the catechism. And, and the truth is this is perfectly well within their, um, learning stage as a, as a child is to be able to do these kind of, um, like just memorization. That is what they're made. That's what they're good at at that age. Anyone who's been around an elementary kid knows they're like sponges. Sometimes we hate how much they're like sponges because suddenly we start hearing things that we didn't <laughs> think they were listening to come out yeah. their mouths. And we're like, oops, dad yeah. needs to repent of that. <laughs> but yeah.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I mean, that's yeah. what, that's what classical um, uh, education is based on is, is yeah. that, that utilizing their biggest asset now. And, and it's, it's mm-hmm. something that you can, you can mediate too. You can say, um, you know, uh, uh, we've had discussions with, with my, my oldest about, about her wanting to get baptized. And, uh, we've had just discussions where it's not, it's not about not believing her. It's about being good stewards with her as her parents to, mm-hmm. to make sure that she knows and understands and isn't just, um, as you said, like uh, parodying the, the, the catechisms, but it's a, it's a nice touchback point. What was our catechism this week? Uh, where we, where we looked at that. Oh, yep. You're right. I shouldn't be mean to my sister because, um, you know, God, God loved us before, or, you know, God saved us, um, um, uh, out of his love. And so we should be like God, uh, and, and exhibit that type of love. It, it's, it's, yeah. it's those, it's a, it's a systematic way. Of presenting what we're reading in scripture and ultimately sure. if it, we're, we're, we're always going to go back to scripture within the catechisms i mean the, the, those those words yeah. are written with a, a, enough um footnotes to, to 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 do a good job um yeah where e, e, even if you disagree with them you can you're, you're usually disagreeing with them in that they should have listened to others. (laughs) And so it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a good way to um, start just, just getting more scripture, which is ultimately what will save them. Not anything that I do, not anything that I force them to do, not anything that they hear about, but it's God working through his word, which is exactly how I was saved. And so I want that with my children as well, but I, I mediate knowing that at 13, they're going to rebel in some fashion. Uh, Puberty is going to suck like everything. uh, And I have to remember that I have to prepare. And, and, but ultimately I, I I was, you know, I was older when I came to faith. And so now I have to do it in a way where scripture is really my only guide um, because I I didn't have a a source there. I had people around me who love me. That were my friends and i didn't mm-hmm. have a family to to go to go with questions to. yeah i had a family but not not those
0: type of questions although you know one of the things that you we talk about though too like another uh tool that we have and in some ways catechism there's an overlap here is is we also have church history we can look back to the examples yeah. of fellow believers and the way they have um centered their families in such a way on christ and, and uh, we can look at them. And I think that's another, like it's another tool that we talked about before the show of like, that we have in teaching our children is to like, to show them examples through history, whether that's in scriptural church history, like the book of Acts, um, even to some extent, the, the, fir- those two chapters in revelation, we we're talking about some chapters in, in the epistles we're talking about things that were happening in the first church or from post scripture church history, looking at the the history of the church and and ways that they have struggled for uh struggled mightily for the faith and um, ways they have fallen short and and gotten off track like there's benefits to be found there not just for yeah. ourselves and in teaching and in, in thinking about parenting but also to teach our children and to have them think about and i think um that's something that i think more than anything families don't often think about when it comes to raising their children is, is thinking about teaching them the story that we are part of. Right. Right.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we are not isolated. Oh, the, 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 the more that I listen to revive thoughts, great podcast, you know, th- this one, this one, uh, a- absolutely second rate. Uh, That one's third rate. Give the cross first rate in uh, that order. <laughs> but uh <laughs> But uh, but we have apologetics, catechisms, theology, and church history. How mm-hmm. to respond? What to respond with? And what others have responded? We don't have to reinvent yeah. the wheel. In fact, the 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 spinning wheel that we are currently facing as a church is because we're rehashing over and over again. You guys just walked through the Chicago Statement of Faith, and then the call is: let's open it back up. Let's do it again. You no. Know, we're we're moving on. You, 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 whatever you want to change you've lost. build into the next system. but mm-hmm. we we have we have fought that fight. we've we've systematized it. we've drawn scripture resources from it. if you disagree with it, you're you're just not applying that portion and I'm not saying that we're beholden to the Chicago statement of faith by any means. but it's really hard to disagree with um because of of what we should believe about who God is. We can, we can come to, 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 you know, bits and pieces here and there, but we don't have to keep reinventing the wheel. The, 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 all the, all the hoopla over Bart Ehrman's, you know, uh, magnum opus of saying there were changes in the Bible. Uh, well, okay. What was originally in the Bible? Oh, it's pretty much what's just there. I mean, all those things are found in early church councils, in church history. People have yeah. dealt with that and dealt with them in a better way, in a more slower way, in a more robust way, in a more understanding. Yeah. You, you know, if, if, if you were a, a, a 12-year-old going to college in the 400s, you knew Hebrew, Greek, French, Latin, and you were able to not just read it, but also argue in it um you know so so let's let's not just say oh these bunch of goat herders who you know had no uh, uh access to 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 iPhones are are worthless and 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 to be pitied as the most barren creatures to us but to acknowledge them as being like we are just in a different time and in a different place who probably have done way more for the kingdom than i, I let me put me in place than I will ever do. You know, I, I'm past 26. I've not written the institutes of Christian religion. <laughs> right. I've already failed Calvin.
0: <laughs> and that will always haunt me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but it's, it's, that's, it's when, true. that's when you should start having children. Maybe as a church, we should say after 26, then you can start having
0: children. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's true. Like there, there is so much to learn from church history about so much. And also like, just like, let's get over this chronological snobbery that we've, we've become heirs to in this, in this modern world. Like it's not this idea that we are so much more well educated. I challenge you to read one chapter of the institutes and come away with that and tell me that you're more educated than Calvin was. Like, it's just, you're not, you're not. This is absolutely not true. Um but that's 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 just one thing. Like uh you know, but you also mentioned apologetics. And that is a thing that I've been trying to learn a lot from your podcast, from your show is learning more apologetics, thinking about how to contend for the faith, but I if but also I remember that my dad would typically do apologetics. I didn't know that's what it was called. But he would do kind of apologetics with me. He would like say, all right, that we'd watch something on TV, we'd see something on TV, and he'd be like, well, you know, that's not biblical, right? And then he would also bring all other kinds of arguments against it. And he, you know, honestly, it annoyed us a little bit when we were just trying to watch TV. <laughs> right. Uh but but also like in retrospect, I'm really grateful for it. Like I knew back and forward the the way to argue back to um the liberals and that's why like when i when i went to college and i went to a very liberal christian college and they uh the liberal christians would come at me with all of these arguments and i would just be like i was i was prepared for them all because um my dad would would lay these arguments out he would he would hear them and then he would lay them out and he was like okay what do you think of this and we would talk about why this doesn't make sense, and and sometimes I strayed from a few of his answers, but I always made my way back. And ultimately, was like, yeah, you know what, Dad was kind of right about this. Um, <laughs> that's uh, all.
1: That's all we as Dad wants. Just to just to silently nod the I told you so. Yeah, <laughs> shouldn't yeah, be sitting down. Yeah, yeah. shouldn't have put your finger in that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, but apologetics, I think it becomes so. Because of, I I think because of professional apologists, we see professional apologists and it's not any fault of them. We start to look at this as being kind of a esoteric, really complicated thing that like, oh man, I I am not an apologist. I'll leave that for, for the big guys. Um,
1: We want to make it an office. We want to make it another office of the church.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, but really at least the best apologists, like they're not out there trying to show us, look how smart I am, but it's about bringing us along the way and being like, here's the scriptural logic that leads to my refuting this question. And, um, and really it's what we do every day. Whenever we hear someone say something and we go, that's not what God's word says. That is in some sense, we're doing apologetics. Like we're, mm-hmm we're bringing an argument we're we're taking a thought captive we're dismantling arguments like that's that's what we're doing when when that happens and and where is a better place to do that than in the family
1: right yeah doing it in a in a in a in a safe manner as in allowing the question to be brought forward Mm -hmm. uh not allowing us to go search off and and uh, Google search it, um, but to go at it together, to to discuss it, to talk about it, yeah. and and it's not just come and sit at the the feet of your father, the the professional, barely professional apologist, um, but also let's bring mom in because she has a, a different perspective that she can help explain, or maybe I'm the the person that brings the the doctrine and then she's the application or sometimes, sometimes vice versa where I'm just like, Oh, well, you know, this is what you do. She's like, yes, because of this. And it's like, Oh, yep. You're right. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) I I should have started there. And, and so it's, it's, it's allowing them to, to ask the questions, Uh, read, read uh, six verses in the Bible and, and let your kid try and remember the four questions they had. Where then you have to read the entire Bible uh, uh, verse again to get to that one word that uh-huh. she couldn't remember, you know. We've we've done that before. Yeah. Where I've, oh, yeah. I've picked up my speed reading, but it's it's allowing for well, this is a hard concept, or or you, you know, it, it's 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 uh being able to just trust that the word is going to be there as the mm-hmm. answer, because either yeah. we believe it or we don't there are things that are hard there are things that are difficult there are things that we might not understand We might not fully understand textual criticism uh and 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 have that level of confidence but uh you know i'll point to a few books behind me that that i've i've been blessed by people who did the hard work and explained it to me where i can pick up a 200 page book uh for someone who studied it for 20 years and be really grateful to that person And then be able to parrot that to other people. Like, they're my words, but it's really, I'm just reading it and putting my
0: little spin on it. And then we call it a show. Look at that. (laughs) That's right. Um, Yeah. And I think this is where I think, you know, like you're you're saying, like the the allowing the questions to come up. And I think uh, you said something really interesting, too, of like, like, do I have it all figured out? Well, no. I mean, like, I just kind of, there's a sense in which we don't have to answer every question. We just need to answer enough questions to convince them that even when you don't know what the answer is, you know, there is one, you know, like like that's really where I got to at one point at, at, at a point with dealing with my, my father's constant bringing us to the Bible and compare and, and making arguments against us. Like it got to the point where someone would bring up some scriptural tension or, or some question that's supposedly Christian scripture doesn't answer. And then I got to the point where I just said, well, you know what? Every instance I've ever come up against scripture has come out on top and has been proven correct and has proven to have the answer. And so I'm going to search for that answer. I'm not going to just sort of be like, well, I just assume that there's an answer here. I'm going to search for that answer, but I come at it now from the perspective of being like, you know what? Undefeated champ. I'm not going (laughs) to doubt it. I'm going to keep, I'm going to come at it and I'm going to trust that there is an answer here and, uh, I'm going to search it and I'm going to look for that argument. And, and sometimes that's the best thing we can do for the kids, which is in my humble opinion, what makes sheltering children such a bad idea? Like sheltering by which I mean, I don't mean, but sometimes people think of sheltering as protection, like protecting them from (laughs) certain sins. And That's not sheltering. That's protecting yeah. your children from certain sins that can get a hold of them. Sheltering right. is not letting them interact with arguments mm-hmm. that are out in the in the world and then forcing them to discover these arguments by themselves like yeah. without your help. Yeah. And yeah, you, and that you, does you, happen. You you you
1: can't uh tread on the idea that well no one believes that homosexuality is correct and then 30 years later uh you 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 were told about the dangers of those evil homosexuals, those gays that just want to take you and rape you, and and they're you know they're they're skeevy, they're done in poor makeup and poor light, and then you find out that that same movie that you watched is developed by the government, and that's really fun, and we don't cancel them, but they should be. Uh, but then you meet normal person, in fact maybe somebody in your family, and all of a sudden those scary yeah. images that you have of the evil gaze suddenly becomes, well, if they lied to me about that, Yeah. what, what else did they, or w- were incorrect about yeah. what else were they incorrect about? Yeah. And so it's, it's not allowing you to be able to tread on the answer of, I don't know. Uh, right. It, 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 if, if you can point to a source and say, I'm sure this has the answer and you've, you've answered 48 questions. The two that you didn't answer, think about as a, as, as a friend, uh, I, l- let me help you fix your computer, your car, whatever it might be. I take it to a really knowledgeable person and they go, mm, I'm not sure about this. Give me a couple of days to, to look at it and we'll, we'll see what we can do. Yeah. You're way more trusty with that person than someone who's, yeah. you know, uh, doing chiropractor by, by doing Google searches right off the bat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and I think there's also like you, you also touched on something of like an apologetics of like not overdoing your answers. Like we can do that. Like where we can overdo the answers. Like think about the way that like <clears throat> alcohol gets dealt with in certain churches where it's like, it is the great evil sin. And you have one drink and it's going to take, you're going to be <laughs> de- possessed by demons. And then you meet Christians or other people or people who drink alcohol um, moderately with moderate. Drinking and then you're suddenly your whole worldview is shattered. And again, like you said, if they lied to me about this, what else did they lie to me about? This is all another reason why I'm very glad of my family legacy. Um, My dad doesn't drink largely because he just doesn't like the taste of alcohol. Um, but my mom, she always drank moderately. She would have a glass of wine with dinner. Sometimes I would see her drink a, a beer periodically. And so I learned not only that moderate, that moderate drinking was possible, but I saw examples of it. And so for me, there was never like a alcohol is sinful. There's also something of that, of like, you know, people feel like they're being so rebellious when they have their first (laughs) drink of alcohol because mom and dad told me that this is sinful. And then, you know, there's something of that too. Um, but like, I never had that because I was, because they didn't overstate that. Now they were very clear about the fact that drunkenness is a sin. Mm-hmm. Very clear about that. Um, but they never overstated their case. It'd be like, don't even touch it. Lips that touch wine yeah. shall never touch mine. You know, things like that. <laughs> um, yeah, and then you
1: look at those people and you're like, there's probably a reason.
0: Yeah. And of course, you know, there's, they told their story maybe there'd be some help there of, of explaining why. They have these perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we've been, we've been dealing with something that is, uh, you have under the heading in your notes that you gave me of, it's okay to propagandize your children. <laughs>
1: right. So get naked with your children and also <laughs> propagandize them. So let's just, let's just cancel okay. me right now. <laughs> <Okay>. uh. <laughs> yes. In fact, not only should you propagandize your children, but if you don't propagandize them, you do not love them. So propaganda, propaganda, the spreading of ideas, information, or rumor for the purpose of helping or injuring an institution, a cause, or a person. The other side is doing that. They don't care about your children. They don't yeah. care what happens, but w- whatever evil thing, person, idea you have in your mind that is against you, they, they want your children to do that. You are not adding to rumor or uh, trying to cause um, a, a person to, to be injured, but you're spreading ideas and information for the purpose of helping that institution, that person. And, and if, if you're not teaching them, uh, I believe God. I believe that he has a plan to glorify himself. This is the way. And I believe that my children should follow that. Yeah, uh, th- that's that's how I want to propagate as my children. I want th- th- yeah. there, there's no neutrality. Th- this idea of not propagating yeah. as your children. It, it's 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 a call by whoever you're talking to, who wants to call you hateful. Uh, I I've gotten this big long Twitter thread. Believe it or not, Twitter might be a place where you have arguments. I did not know this huh. until recently. Yeah, just a, a fun fact. Huh. <laughs> where 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 this person is trying to say. You can take your child and you can um, uh, homeschool them all you want, but as for me and my child, we're we're gonna learn love. And you can be a hate-filled person with them. I was like, you you don't even know if I have children, and you're ascribing hateful motives to them just because, uh, you know, my Twitter handle is Cave to the Cross Apologetics. So it's it's uh it's an interesting form where well no no you have to give them over to the school in order for them to interact with my child who I'm teaching them to hate your system of belief. Well, I don't want my child to hate my system of belief. I believe it's true and I should act accordingly to my worldview. And that's bringing them up with the understanding of praying to God in hopes that, you know, that they're part of the elect. Yeah. And if not, they should still pray to God because he's God. I I don't operate with that knowledge. That's a secret Mm. knowledge to God, but I'm going to operate in the fact that God has told me that he's real. Mm. He exists and he, he desires all things to worship him. And so I'm going to teach my children that there's no neutrality there. I am propagandizing my child because I believe that's the truth. And therefore I'm propagandizing them in love and I'm doing it. If, if, I, if I didn't love them, I wouldn't care. You make up your own mind. You make up your own decision. Now, we're not forcing. We're not saying no food for you unless if you say your prayers tonight. It's a relationship. It's, it's building upon the trust of, of, of what everyone has done. And, and everyone has propagandized their children. Everyone has thought in some capacity that they're the, the best. They have it correct. They're going to offer up suggestions. Here's how you grow uh, corn. Here's how you uh, build a building. Here's how you take over a business uh, through, uh, uh, through the use of, of, of uh, banking. We've, we've had those, those people raise their children in that fashion, and guess what? That's propaganda. <laughs> There's the negative context to it, mm-hmm. obviously, but again, it's you're doing it out of love, and you're doing it because yeah. that propaganda you believe in—that's information you want to pass to them. Yeah. And so, hypocrisy and rejection of reality can only tread on the good graces of previous objective worldviews. And so, when we see that out in the world, we we clearly want to reject it, but we need to have something in its place Mm -hmm. okay that's what the world says that's what the other side says It's what the other is but it's it's like the Gnostics the Gnostics called for celibacy and rejection of objective reality and that wiped out their movement there was no progenity there was no Mm -hmm. uh, these ideas are so great and so truthful that they progress to the next generation Uh, it, it took 1800 1900 years for for their writings to be found and cared about and for them to talk about the secrets of the Bible on the history channel, the, the Bible, the lost books mm-hmm. and for us to care about them. That, that's when mm-hmm. we cared about them.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: they, they were the, the, the most dangerous source and they wanted people in the church to bring them out mm-hmm. for them ultimately to ultimately to pass away because they rejected the family and reality. And that's just what's happening now. And again, going back to church history, apologetics, good
0: theology—that—that—that's—that's
1: mm-hmm. that's what we're called to do. And again, it's—it's yeah. it's something. Do we believe it? If we believe it, it will prosper. It will continue to grow. And preceding generations, not just our immediate ones, will benefit from it. Even—even even in unbelief, the common grace will abound even more. So even in the the un uh, possible unbelief of grandchildren, great grandchildren, God is still glorified.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a word that you brought up in our, in our notes that I thought is so helpful for this point of, of teaching and propagating the truth to our children's That's the subject of worldview, like so much of the work is done to our children, especially if they go to public school where it's not that they're being argued against God and God's word necessarily though. They're starting to now, Uh, but for much of history, it wasn't that they were argued against it. It's that they were creating a worldview in which every, in which as, as some of their philosophers say, the God hypothesis was unnecessary that you could answer everything with science. It's fine. If you go to church on Sunday, that's fine. I don't care who cares about that. It's fine that you get your moral compass from the Bible. I don't care, but, but every significant question, every important question can be answered by science whether it's social science or biology or chemistry or or psychology we can come up with the answer to almost every question and the question and of course there's a a a similar thing to what we said about the bible that's applied to that like well science can't figure it out yet it will it'll happen sooner or later and uh and so there's uh there is it's a setting up of a worldview in which it's fine if you worship on Sunday, but don't let it affect the rest of your week. Like that is a worldview being instilled in them. In which case, like for a while, maybe they'll, they'll be able to read both the Bible and their science book and the, uh, Aesop's fables, but at some point there's going to be a tension, and what are they going to go with? They're going to go with the worldview that's been most inculcated into their own view of the world. What jives most with the way they already see the world is how they're going to go. And so, teaching them a biblical worldview through apologetics, through catechism, through church history, even through economics, as, as you brought up um teaching them a proper worldview is an important part of teaching our children so that when they get to the point of asking questions when they the issues come up they're already seeing generally from a divine scriptural worldview and so they're going to look for answers within that worldview and they're not going to be poisoned against the bible prematurely that's really what happens and so like you say there is propaganda going on like And so if you, if you think that you can take the high ground, first of all, it's not the high ground. You're, you're wrong (laughs) by saying you shouldn't do this. Um, and I see here, there's a lot among libertarian Christians. I don't want to propagandize my children. Yeah. Well, good luck with that. They're going to be propagandized by someone. Um, it's, it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. It's, it's, they're going to be so inculcated in this false worldview that there's just no coming back from it.
1: Um, Uh, Tim, Tim Challies has, as a quote that kind of goes along with this. he says, it is good and necessary to shelter your children from the world. It is also good and necessary to expose your children to the world while they are still under your care and you can help them interpret what they are seeing and experiencing. Do that with wisdom. Your task as a parent is to prepare your children to live and thrive in this world, not some other one. Yeah. So it's, it's not. It's not accept this worldview because uh, it's, it's the one I believe in, therefore I win. It's I believe that this is the most consistent worldview that explains uh, how we are able to do science, the, the, the fact that we are able to reason and logic at all because it's rooted in the mind of God, and that we are able to know what good and bad things are because they're rooted in the person of God. It's from there that he reflects those qualities to us and we're given things like specific revelation in scripture. And from there we derive our worldview so that when, when they face uh, issues with social media or movies, I mean, those things, how many, how many movies can you think of that influenced what you said and how you did and what you thought was cool? Let the first Fence to to hit it. Let let the the jelly go through the fence. Be the 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 word of God because you believe it yeah. because that's the that's that's the the only worldview that can make sense of their science. It's the only worldview that consistently yeah. allows them to make correct decisions, pleasing yeah. decisions. It's one rooted in not the universe, not a person with good ideas who. Uh, is popular even even if they can talk really fast on a podcast or or right. uh, you know uh, chooses their words carefully in a and sense uh, who might say correct things that go similar with it but go to the source of of the one who made the world and yeah. proclaim that
0: yeah. and
1: allow them to 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 utilize it and see it and view it as useful.
0: Amen. Uh, yeah. So I think maybe we're, we're, we're kind of down to the wire. I can think of kind of three simple application questions to, to, or three simple things to say, kind of overarching things, um, along with what we've talked about, the first thing is err on the side of too many conversations. This is something that I definitely learned from my father is, like I said, Oh my gosh! We're just trying to watch TV over here, and he's starting some conversation about sexual morality here, but you know what I'm glad he aired on the side of too many conversations and even of bringing up the same conversation often like repeatedly, like sometimes we would make fun of my dad that he would just say the same things over and over again, and so you know like he'd tell the same stories and the same jokes and the same lectures, but I'm so glad he did because now i I've, I'm taking those things with me and I, I remember them myself. And so err on the side of too many conversations. And if you think you've said it before, say it again, because it's important to hear it again and again and again, how many things did you have to hear three times in order to get it? (laughs) I think that's important. Like err on the side of too many conversations. Um, the second thing I would think of is remember that um in the end the thing that's going to change your children is the word of god particularly the gospel of jesus christ and so never tire of bringing that up bring that up constantly bring it up in your prayers before bed bring it up in your conversations with them when they sin remind them that the way to salvation and forgiveness of their sin is through jesus christ through faith in jesus christ um remind them when they for, when they ask for forgiveness say You know what? You have my forgiveness, and you know what's even better? You can have God's forgiveness because Christ died on the cross for you, and if you have received that with faith, you can have forgiveness for all eternity. Never get tired of talking about the gospel. Bring that in constantly. And the third thing I would say, this actually comes from um, Exodus 34, which we've already kind of brought up, I believe, in preambling for this week. Uh, Or maybe yesterday's episode, but um, or Friday, if you're listening. I want to bring in the the counter, or the the, the other side, to the Lord is a jealous God. Um, bring, uh, visiting the iniquity of the fathers and the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate him. But, showing steadfast love and mercy to the thousands. And probably due to Hebrew... Um, Parallelism, that should be a thousand generations
1: mm-hmm, right.
0: of those who love me and keep my commandments. So the most important thing you can do as a father, as a mother, for raising a faith family legacy is to make sure your own house is in order, metaphorically speaking, to focus on loving the Lord and aiming your life at the worship of him. And that obedience toward Him, if you do that, that is a blessing of the Lord that He will visit His steadfast love on the, the thousands. Where I was reading a a proverb um, recently. You know that the um, what is it that um, I'm trying to remember exactly? Um, be assured, the the wicked will not. Um, go unpunished, but the children of the righteous or the offspring of the righteous will be delivered. So pursue righteousness, pursue faith in Christ, pursue the righteousness of God that comes through faith in Jesus Christ and do it for your children. Do it for your grandchildren. Um, seek, seek to bring a faith family legacy by basing your life on Christ and on the glorification of God, make your chief end to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And you will see it have effects on your children to the third and fourth generation. Those are my kind of last words. Do you have last words of your own? I do, but they're
1: going to parallel you, but also okay. quite well. Good. <laughs> uh, I have two. Find family stories that will echo in history. Mm-hmm. The ones that are told again and again over campfires and yeah. car games and family reunions. Oh, remember when grandpa used mm-hmm. to do this? We all know that our, our family tree is a a, a story it's it's telling that story that's progressed and forgotten and told differently and again well why is this it's because ultimately our nature reflects who god is and god is also a storyteller why why when we went through uh gideon's story is it not just don't be uh uh, uh, an idolater why mm-hmm. is this story here? Yeah. Because I remember it. I take application from it. Yeah. I I learn my lessons through other people's tragedies or comedies. I see God as being the original source of what's called the monomyth. And uh you know, uh, mm-hmm. there's this little known author named J.R.R. Tolkien who may have mm-hmm. written about this and and modeled his stories based on it. Little known author. Pick up a couple of books. You might like it. I think you'll, huh. you'll get a kick out of it. <laughs> but this, this myth worldviews constructed through stories complete with rituals, corporate identity markers, values, ethics, as well yeah. as a familiar hero and villains that we can relate to. And so we see in the story of God, why isn't it not just the these and thous and the do's and do do nots? Why, why, why are we reading these stories of people? Because mm. we can learn from that and we, we remember it. And we mm. consistently um, apply our own value, uh, our 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 own story, where we're at. Oh, I feel I feel so much like Job. Where, why, how? You know that story. You can you can tell that story in parallel with other ones. Yeah. Do that on a family level. Yes. Uh, um, Flannery O'Connor has this quote. He says, "A people is known not by its statements or statistics, but by the stories it tells." we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and down by their creator. 1776, give me liberty or give me death. The sons of Liberty uh, going out to war. The the, the British are coming. The British are coming. I didn't have to mention anybody's name. And you know exactly who I'm talking about because that's the shared myth of us. Even though Israel Bethel went more miles than, than Paul Revere, but Paul Revere got the story. He got it Mm -hmm. in the books. Uh, Brian Godawa says storytelling is the backbone of civilization. It has maintained ritual systematized belief and taught dogma in essence stories incarnates the myths and values of a culture with the intent of perpetuating them. Mm. We tell stories because God tells stories and we can do that, not just in the social parameters, in the conquest of, of militaries, but we can do that in our own families. We can remember that one family vacation mm. where it got rained out and we got all soaked and that was hilarious. And we we tell that story and we talk about how we missed going to Disney World, but instead we uh, found out new ways to, to, to learn about each other or uh, we, we sat there and read and we had a really good conversation because there was nothing else to do. And so we can find those stories within our families and perpetuate them and tell them again and again, and refer back to him because that's who God is. Our, ref- our reflection of who God is, is seen in that. And then to parallel your, your second point, we hope in the gospel message, instead of praying for the comet to strike earth, because sometimes we think this is the worst it could possibly get. We're, we're at an end. There's nowhere to go but down from here. The Antichrist is coming. God's gonna return at a, at a moment's notice, very true, uh, but he, he, will, he, he has to come now because there's been no other time throughout history that has had it worse than us. A hundred followers after the death of Christ. That's all that was there. They're going to be stamped out. Paul goes to the middle of Ephesus. He stands before the temple of Artemis and preaches the gospel to about 3,500 people in the place where hypocrites are at where the actors are at in the in the stadiums created by pagans and utilizes it to preach the gospel in a place with this one of the seven wonders of the world and paul preaches it and it converts the slaves the poor the rich so they consider themselves brothers and it stirs up the kingdom of rome so much so that demetrius the silversmith he He um, talks about how his trade has just gone belly up. So he takes out entire trade of idol making the biggest tax system at the temple of Artemis taken out. Always good to take out taxes. Thank you, Paul. The gospel message ruined one of the biggest trade cities. It's the one of the biggest pagan cultures. It's one of the biggest tax sources for Rome. It was ruined by one of these followers who preached Mm. a message that brought down, the biggest edifice that is now just marshy swamp and rubble we look at it and we go that was that was a wonder that that's it in this marshy area yeah strongholds of cappadocia became the first church buildings they were carved into volcanic rock and they would later become underground networks for some hide to, from muslim raiders who thought they were going to be taken out but established for future generations what was utilized then when they thought we must hide from the might of Rome. We used Roman roads to spread the gospel. We used persecution as a motivation. Christianity conquered not by the sword as everyone else did, but by the word. Paul was beheaded, and yet the rich were pulled into brotherly love and for their slaves and for the poor to be seen as brothers. Men who sought mm-hmm. prostitution became men of one wives. Mm-hmm. Women who sacrificed for their desires now focused on prayer to a known God and new societies were formed and the stories they told still carry with us today. And we can do that in the confines of the family so that mm-hmm. we may be dead and gone and buried. And then someone might remember kind of what we talked about, maybe a little bit more with the advent of social media where we have to be wiped off the face of the earth that way too. But it's, it's told in a way that, honors God because we're, we're forming the basis on the story of one who created the world with that word.
0: I wanted to, but also I wanted to to, to take a parallel thing that you're saying from that first point, um, because, um, this is, uh, an also a reason that, that, that whole story thing, This is why, and this might seem like an off to the side, fourth kind of point, but it's really a sub point of our, of our common point. (laughs) Read great books to your children. Like the, the analysis of literature is so important for. Being able to understand the stories in the Bible and to be able to build your own stories. We're not storytellers anymore because we watch TikTok because we watch short little. We don't, we don't read the great literature. We read storybooks and picture books. And so we never learn how to tell the great stories. Um, we need to be reading great stories, to tell great stories. And that includes the great story. Like the reason why there are people who have been able to see the great gospel threads of the scripture is because they've read great stories and they learned how to analyze great stories. And so I'm going to beg you for the sake of their faith. Read the Hobbit to your children. (laughs) (laughs) And the Chronicles of Narnia (laughs) and the Chronicles of Narnia Um, Uh,
1: Pilgrim's progress. It's it's so on the nodes, but I'm, uh, you know, I'm telling you a a six year old will point back to that and you can take that point and draw it all the way back to the source of where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. It's even easier with, uh, I get it easy. You have the Hobbit, you have, oh, we we can't talk about who Jesus is in that book. We cannot do that, but (laughs) I can say, Hey, guess what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That shepherd guy, he's going to show up again. and i can point back to the original shepherd (laughs) and guess what he was considered a shepherd there too way easier progress
0: (laughs) (laughs) it's a great book too though that's definitely (laughs) yeah read great books with your children encourage them to read great books so uh as i said at the beginning of preambling tonight i have been the michael jordan of podcasters once again once again fighting through a stomach bug to bring you the content that you need to make you a better parent. You're welcome. (laughs) But that does mean that I need to get to sleep. So, uh, we're going to, we're going to get, uh, we're going to go ahead and, and and turn off, but seriously though, thank you once again, thank you for joining us and, uh, listening or watching or however you're consuming this, um, product. Um, we, we, um, we, We started looking at the stats a little bit more um and and it's it really is just blowing our mind that anyone is finding that this content is worth listening to and watching and we appreciate it so much that you join us week after week and uh um and and so if you if you do appreciate it want to help us out you can do so by sharing the episode um liking it rating us five stars subscribing uh following all that good stuff. Um, and of course, um, if you want to support us financially, buymeacoffee.com slash flyover. We'd appreciate, you know, a dollar a month. we give you a bunch of good stuff. Um, and But also you can request a topic for $5 if you want to make us talk about something, as Patrick has done a few times in the past. And we appreciate that. Um, but of course, we aren't the only show you should be following. Um if you are fascinated by the subject of apologetics and this co- this brief conversation we had on that I really do recommend go to cave to the cross apologetics.com and listen or or follow find them on YouTube that's how I tend to listen to their their stuff or I think they're on other podcasts um and stuff like that and um and really like you're you're getting a masterclass in in apologetics and philosophy from them um week by week and they do it in a in a very very accessible way, and so definitely go over there and see what Patrick and Tony are doing on on cage with Cross Apologetics. And uh, I think you've also got a Patreon, right? Yeah, sure. Where they can throw money at you too.
1: Yeah, maybe. All I right. I've, I've kind of been thinking of it taking off, but that's okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If well, you want maybe. to, you know, if you
1: want to give them I, money, I, you I, act I'd, quickly. I'd, 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 I'd rather, if, if you want to support me, support this podcast so that they can hire me as their video editor sometime <laughs> in the future.
0: There you have it. There you have it. Support Cave to the Cross by supporting us.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, and of we, course, uh, sorry, we 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 do have a lot of fun. We uh, You can go to our page, cave to the cross.com. You can see the books that we did. Click on the books and then you just watch it from the bottom up. Uh, we've mm-hmm. interviewed just some amazing people who it's yeah. amazing what happens when you tell people. Hey, I have a podcast. Can you come on? And no one ever checks to see if anyone's watching, (laughs) which I greatly appreciate because I've, I've, I've interacted with some, some people that, uh, that have been absolutely amazing. Uh, And you can see all those uh, interviews in their own separate uh, scheme too. Uh, I do uh, book reviews off based off Goodreads, but kind of in a longer form. Um, And that's been a lot of fun as well. Just kind of, what whatever comes to mind and and I I go through and uh that's that's been a lot of fun and we break it up into short clips so that way you don't want to watch something that's oh so long like well, not this show. This the show. We only do about thirty-five minutes. But if you didn't want to watch that one,
0: we break them up like? into shorter episodes. <laughs> I,
1: I, I, I felt like I didn't have to talk as fast on this the this show. It's, it's been great. I, I didn't have to talk myself at two x speed. I can listen to it later. And <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but so no, I I thank you and uh, I appreciate your guys' show. I appreciate uh, just your both you and Jeff's uh, friendship. Uh, again, I, I say it every time and I, I mean it, I greatly appreciate you and and love you both. And, uh, thanks for having me back on and we'll see you next year.
0: Well, the feeling is (laughs) mutual. We definitely love and appreciate you as well. Um. And uh you can see our saying that more regularly um if by going to dot coffee.com slash flyover and for one dollar a month you get to rewatch the episode and see our chats and uh which is not only puns, we do uh share our appreciation for one another. Uh but the puns are worth the subscription anyway. Uh <laughs> um so yeah, go to Cave to the Cross, go to buy me a coffee, subscribe, share, tell a friend and uh of course most importantly join us again next week when we take anarchy to church here in the anarchist bible study grace and peace
1: grace and peace